Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, all Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. Well, everybody who was supposed to win won. It's going to be a chalk playoff. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. leader of the Group of Five Separatist Party, because the small guys need respect, and the committee, they don't even watch them play. And with me, as always, is AJ, put three SEC teams in the playoff, Marchese. Hey, uh, <laughs> Florida, Texas A&M, and Bama all deserve to be in there, boy. Put them all in with Notre Dame. Says AJ. And Notre Dame, the Blue Bloods, yeah. Today we'll break down our 2021 NFL draft superlatives from conference championship weekend in college football. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby driving up. To Cleveland, maybe looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. AJ, lots and lots of declarations and senior bowl acceptances. Your favorite part of the show, where you stay silent as I read through a list of names. Um. We'll start with uh, the declarations where sometimes we're going to have seniors now because that's the way this COVID college football season has gone with the extra year of eligibility. Everybody has to declare or uh, announce their grad transferring or announce they're coming back for their super senior year. <laughs> Shout out Kenny Pickett, AJ's favorite quarterback. Uh, you know, I loved it like when like years passed when they didn't have to declare as seniors, but guys still sent out their declaration tweets anyways. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're big on the declaration tweets. I love Read them. them all. I love them. Okay, I'm going to read through this list. You tell me uh, whoever stands out most to you. Maybe maybe a couple. Maybe give me your, your two favorites. Okay. Uh, okay. Virginia Tech running back Khalil Herbert, Ball State running back Caleb Huntley, 
North Texas receiver Jalen Darden, Kent State receiver Isaiah McCoy, Ole Miss receiver Elijah Moore, Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, Ole Miss tight end Kenny Yeboa, TCU tight end Pro Wells, Virginia Tech offensive tackle Christian Derisaw, Nebraska offensive tackle Brendan Jamies, West Virginia defensive lineman Darius Stills, and Michigan State corner Shakur Brown. Uh, okay, my favorite is Elijah Moore, who... I knew it. Yeah, who's obviously had an amazing season, and, and I don't want to call him lost, but, you know, he just got overshadowed by, like, Devonta Smith just he, taking over college football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, we, we were both big Elijah Moore fans in the, uh, in the old summertime doing our scouting series there, and... I mean, he's only he's, he's only improved his stock since then. I'm going to be interested to see where exactly he goes. Um, I, like, I think he's a top wide, top ten wide receiver in the class, and this class is loaded. So, um, like, I don't like. Do, you think? Do, oh, do you, have him, you have him that high? I think so. I think so. Okay. I Was don't. It, know. I, I I would say top fifteen, definitely top twenty, but top ten seems maybe a little rich. I, I also love Elijah Moore, uh, obviously. I know. But, um, I don't know, again, it's going to be really interesting to see. Like, we there's there's guys we haven't seen that could be ahead of him, right? Like, Demonte Coxie, like, yeah. um, like, your boy Nico Collins, like, guys like that. Uh, I, maybe it's not that hard of a take. I don't know. He seems like one of those guys who's more pro-ready than maybe some of the guys who have a higher ceiling than him. Yeah, no, that, that's a good way to categorize him for sure. Uh, who, my second choice, how about Christian Derrissaw, who has been one of the biggest yeah. routers in the entire process for sure, and has just been a stud there at left tackle for Vatek. And, I mean, I think he's a big reason that Khalil Herbert is uh, getting all this uh, attention at running back because, I mean, he's he obviously had a great year, but – Darius on the front there at Vatek just just opened so many holes for him and uh, I think like uh, t- tackled two or three for Darius and I, I think that's uh, comfortable saying that right. Yeah, one of my favorite players in the draft. I'm interested to see if their left guard Lasaitis Smith also declares because he's a guy who's also a big reason Khalil Herbert was so good this year. Yeah. Um, obvious. Obviously, the biggest name is Kyle Pitts. Uh, not very surprising to see him declare he's not going to play in Florida's bowl game. Smart guy. Um, top 20 lock, the only thing that would stop him from going definitely top 15, I think, would be the position he plays. But he's he like kind of transcends the tight end position, so who knows? I totally agree. Like, like I think you're drafting a wide receiver one when you're taking Kyle Pitts. Also, I'm really interested about Caleb Huntley declaring, who only managed to play in three games this year, but was dominant for Ball State uh, before getting hurt and opting out. Um, he he's gonna he's gonna be an interesting one. He's a bigger back, but he was so productive in the MAC, as all the great ones are. Rob. Okay, jumping to the Senior Bowl, we'll start with offense, then we'll do defense, and then we got some specialists. Uh, <laughs> offensive acceptances, um, Notre Dame receiver Ben Skoronek, Boston College tight end Hunter Long, Bowling Green tight end Quinton Morris, Texas Tech offensive lineman Jack Anderson, and Tennessee offensive lineman Trey Smith. I'm guessing Hunter Long <laughs> is who you're most excited about. <laughs> you, you know me too well. Like Realistically, it should be Trey Smith, but uh, yeah, Hunter Long is definitely who I'm most excited about. Uh, I, I've kind of fallen from him all year long and no pun intended. And, 
big production the last <laughs> two. <laughs> don't laugh at that. <laughs> big production the last two seasons, and him and uh, old Phil Dracovic found some magic uh, during stretches this season. They were they're kind of a dominant little pairing there, and uh, I think Hunter Long. I don't want to say he slept on because he's at the Senior Bowl, but I, I definitely think he's he's not getting enough attention in this tight end class yet, and uh, I think he's going to keep helping himself. And I, I do wonder how well he's going to test. I think he's a solid athlete. Um, I, it might come down to that, but I, I think Hunter Long's a safe tight end. The Senior Bowl is going to be a great place to figure out after the top three being Pitts, Farmuth, and Brevin Jordan. It's going to be a great place to find out maybe who slides in at four and five. We're gonna have now that we have Hunter Long there, we already have Kenny Yaboa going there. Yep. Um, Charlie Kohler is obviously in that conversation as well. Uh, I, th- I think that's kind of the three guys being for vying for those like next couple spots. So. I think it's a good group to look at in uh, Mobile. I agree. Um, who are you most excited for? Defend. Oh, okay. Uh, I think Quentin Morris is a really interesting one. Um, the Bowling Green tight end, a wide receiver convert. Mm-hmm. Kind of seeing him as a maybe a move piece, a, a mid-day three, late-day three tight end option. Um, just with the, the upside he has as a pass catcher. He... Uh, like he put up pretty big numbers in, in the MAC, and again, it, it's uh, it's at Bowling Green, so not a ton of attention. But he previously been like a starting receiver, so I, I'm I'm interested to see how he moves uh, compared to these other tight ends. It's a it's a good tight end class. Defensively, we got Kansas State edge rusher Wyatt Hubert, Pittsburgh edge rusher Patrick Jones, UAB edge rusher Jordan Smith, Syracuse corner Ifiatu Melifonwu, and Penn State safety Jaquan Brisker. Uh, who are you most excited about? I really, really like Patrick Jones, but I might be most excited about Melifonwu because every time I watch, I, I yeah. probably watched three Syracuse games live this year, and every time. It was him. It was Trill Williams, and then their other corner, who's a true freshman, were really standing out. And he's—I mean—he's listed at six three. His brother obviously flamed out, but he's a guy who had a lot of attention coming out of UConn a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm excited to see again, like the the wide receiver group and the corner group now mm-hmm. in uh, Mobile looks like it's going to be a lot of fun to get eyes on. Yeah, I think Melfondu can definitely be a, a, a riser through the process. But yeah, uh, the, the headline here is Patrick Jones, who. I, I don't know what it was, you know, a borderline first round guy. That the edge class is still so murky, and I'm excited to to see a lot of them down in Mobile. And uh, Patrick Jones could definitely go down and uh, emerge in the one on ones. Um, yeah, like he he's a guy who I mean, him and Rashad Weaver are both gonna be there, which is awesome. Um, just every time, like it's not like. He's not maybe as technically sound as Weaver, who's great with his hands, but yep. just his natural bend and his explosiveness get me really excited. And he um he had a, he started the year really hot for Pitt, and I think he was leading the country in sacks at one point. Um, and, and so I'm just excited to see if he's got the hands maybe to be a, a top fifty selection. I I've seen some people are argued before the season that he he could be edge one so. I remember, I remember. No, definitely, definitely. Hey, I hope the senior bowl happens because it's a it's a really good group of players. Finally, the specialists, AJ, where we've got some of your favorite Miami kicker Jose Borgales, Cincinnati punter James Smith, and Kentucky punter Max Duffy. 
Who are you it, most excited about? It's got to be Jose Bartagalas, easily. Uh, he's been one of the best kickers in college Firm football disagree. Okay. <laughs> You're a Firm. Max Duffy guy? How'd you know? Because I know I you too well. punters, that's why. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Your really? eyes will be focused on the specialists. Very exciting group, Rob. <laughs> Borg Alice for real, though, could like go maybe irrationally high because he was that good at Miami this year. Yeah, no, like, okay. This is not how I believe, but it wouldn't shock you if Borg Alice is like a fourth or fifth round pick. <laughs> no, not at all. And, and it wouldn't shock me. Like, Max Duffy's very... We've had a good string of punters draft yeah. after draft, eh? The, like, this past one, Braden Mann. The one before that, Mish Wisniewski. The one before that, um, your boy. Um, I can't... Dixon. I'm blanking. Texas punter. Uh, yeah, Michael Dixon. And now we get Max Duffy. And I think Max Duffy is also not from North America. I, I, I see. Yeah, it's from Australia. There, oh, wow. There from you Australia. go. Um, He's hey, 27. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely have the uh, punters in the NFL. There, there was an influx of talent, like you said. Now we need the kicker renaissance, Rob. There's not too many guys. I'm excited to, I'm excited to see who your Ray Guy Award winner will pick will be this year. <laughs> we'll, we'll do our big uh, Ray Guy Award breakdown show uh, in a couple, couple weeks. Not even in a week. <laughs> okay. Okay. Finally, jumping into. Uh, our takeaways from conference championship weekend in college football, where we unfortunately had the Sun Belt canceled on us. The game, I think, maybe we were both most excited for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and we had Oregon thrown in for Washington in the Pac-12, and Oregon won the Pac-12 championship despite not winning the uh, the uh, the Pac-12 North. Great fun, Rob. I mean. I don't know. It's it's not that shocking. I feel like when he when he knew the ducks were coming in, it was just all set up perfectly that uh, the Pac twelve was gonna fuck this whole thing up for themselves. Oh yeah, big time. Larry Scott not good at his job. Uh, you know who is good at his job that he's not paid for because he's a collegiate athlete. Um, Marvin Mims, who yeah. I think was my number one best freshman this week, and mine, that's not the first time. Mine too. Uh, he uh he looked incredible uh, against Iowa State. Him and Spencer Rattler, I think next year are gonna be mm-hmm. borderline unstoppable. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of it's kind of funny that this year started with Oklahoma having in quotations a down year, and, and maybe Spencer Rattler suffering through some freshman bumps that not everybody totally expected, and then they still end up winning the Big Twelve championship and getting into play, the playoffs. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, maybe the 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 uh, the announcement for the playoffs is coming in like half an hour as we're recording. Um, so see, seeing uh, seeing that's pretty funny, and I th- they're probably I think they're playing in the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon now, uh, which would be a cool fun matchup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mims Mims, I think you could argue for uh, uh, to be a finalist for the true freshman of the year award that I've just invented. Um, again, just he is so explosive. His route running is so impressive for a freshman, and he looks like the next great Oklahoma receiver. And he he's I mean he was their go to guy all year despite some of the Charleston Rambo hype before the season. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. That that one route where he on the post where he shook uh Eisworth and just just wrecked yep. him and got the TD. That was sick. No, definitely. Like, and I, I think I didn't put Rattler down, but um. 
like he he it wasn't like a special game or anything, but he took care of the football and he just he got it done and he, he they won obviously. So like I, I think he's come a long way this year too. And I can't just I can't wait to see a proper regular full season of Marvin Mims and and Rattler together out there next year. And I think it's gonna be special. And Mims definitely looks like he he's he's gonna win a Blitnikoff at some point. And like if he doesn't, it's because he's runner up. And, and, and like on top of those two, like Theo Weiss. Uh, yep. their sophomore receiver and Austin Stockner, the tight end. Like yep. those guys are all going to be back next year, and they're all going to either be uh, sophomores or juniors. And like the, Oklahoma's poised, I think, potentially, especially with the way Alex Grinch has that defense playing as of late. Um, they're they're poised to be like a legitimate playoff contender next year, which I mean, not like that's a hot take or anything, but uh, like. It, it just turned around so quickly. It went from Oklahoma not being ranked at one point to they're a top-ten team. They're going in year six. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be a playoff contender again next year. Like, Ronnie Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson, since they came back, it changed everything. No, that that's that's for sure. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know the, 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 the Oklahoma schedule next year, and I don't really know how all the Big 12 teams are going to shake out, but, like, uh, I, I like if I were to bet right now, I'd probably say they run the table in the Big Twelve. So, just just because I, I trust that young talent and I, I trust Lincoln Riley, obviously. Um, because Matt Campbell, because Matt Campbell will be head coach of uh, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Brock Purdy's gone. So, oh, unless he comes back. Oh my God, we haven't thought about that yet. He's a he's a junior. He's a junior. He's going back for sure. Oh yeah, I forgot. Ew. I don't want to see any more Brock Purdy. No offense, Brock Purdy. Why those two interceptions didn't get you going? <laughs> Sliding down the board. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, I'll stick at receiver. Fuck it. Uh, I'll go with Brew McCoy, the USC receiver. Um, <clears throat> six catches, seventy-six yards, a touchdown. Uh, the touchdown was on the what the fourth down at the end of the game, or almost at the end of the game on the on the little out route. wasn't Wasn't anything special, but he got open. Uh, I kind of appreciate the play before that, if you watched on Friday night. Um, Slovis had a ball deflected, and it went right into a defender's hands, and he he ripped the ball out, and he basically created his own touchdown and kept them alive in the game, which was pretty sweet. But then he had that one deep at the end, at the actual end of the game that went right through his arms. But but still, you definitely see the talent with Brubikoy, and uh, he that, uh, that 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 him Drake London, who I mean, you could put for best sophomore as well. And uh, Keaton Slovis are gonna be scary next year. Yeah, there's a Pac-12 version of Oklahoma. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, yeah, McCoy, McCoy's interesting because he's a he was a five star who originally committed to USC, flipped to Texas, <laughs> went to Texas for like a week, and then transferred back to USC. <laughs> yeah. And um, other than that one drop down the sideline where it was a really tough adjustment. Yeah, it was. Where like um, he, like his head was all the way back. I just. I just did it. I, I just I, put my head all the way back. I know you did because I could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the, he he had a really impressive game stepping up um, with Amon Ross St. Brown getting a little bit banged up and, mm-hmm. and Tyler Vaughn's up being very effective. Uh, okay, another guy who I, I would throw in the conversation of best true freshman of the year, Will Anderson in Alabama, who had two sacks against Florida, uh, including late big plays. Um, he he finished the season with seven. He went on a tear. All seven came in the last four games. Wow! And uh, he he just looked there like he's their best pass rusher as a true freshman. Six four two thirty five, um, very twitched up. 
and maybe the next big Alabama pass rusher. Uh, it's kind of scary. Like, like Clemson's like entire defense pretty much is underclass, man. They're all scary. That's going to be fun to get into. And Bama always just has these guys that are going to pop up. Wow, AJ, hot take. Alabama and Clemson producing NFL talent. They're good at what they do, Rob. Um, this one's this one's to your chagrin a bit, but uh, not really in the end. I'm going with uh, Northwestern corner Brandon Joseph, who's a redshirt yeah. freshman. I also. Yeah, I made that awesome yeah. one-handed interception in the in the end zone. Um, hey, he looks the part too. A six-one, one ninety-two, uh, really well built. Had it had a really like pretty complete game there. I mean, really really impressive. And I w- hey, we're talking about this before the show. I think like usually you know Northwestern might pop up for a season and kind of go back to their their mediocrity and have a trap game or two. Uh, I I kind of feel like Northwestern is going to stick around this time, at least for a couple years. And I mean, Pat Fitzgerald's obviously always a great coach, but I think there's enough talent and, and younger talent, especially on the defense, to uh, to keep them competitive in the Big Ten for for a little while. Yeah, I feel like for a lot of the season, their linebacker core gets the attention partially because they've all been there for so long, yeah. partially because Pat Fitzgerald was the goat linebacker there. Um, but the secondary, like you said, Brandon Joseph, like Greg Newsom's a legit corner prospect. Yep. And, and, and even on the D line, Andrew Leota, there, who was kind of on a tear earlier in the season, there, their defensive lineman, he's only going into his true junior year. Um, but uh, it's going to depend on if they can get an, another grad transfer quarterback. But uh, <laughs> yeah, defensively, they were awesome against Ohio State. Obviously, Joseph had the one-handed pick. None of the receivers did really did anything against the Northwestern secondary. No. Um, sad, sadly, Mike Hankwitz, the DC who's been there for like seventy years, is retiring. So, and uh, that that could be a little bit of a bump in the road. But I don't know. Like Northwestern just. Especially seeing how poorly other Big Tens handle, or other Big Ten schools handled uh, the, this specific season, like Northwestern just seems poised to be like another eight game winner and yeah. competing for the the, the West. To play Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as as always happens. Uh, okay, my best sophomore, I assume, will also be yours, yeah. is Kayvon Thibodeau. Easily, easily, easy Pack- choice, Rob. Pac-12 championship MVP, uh, ended up with uh, five tackles, two TFLs, a sack, and a pass deflection against USC. They couldn't block him. And, like, he was getting the better of Elijah Vera Tucker, who's been awesome this year at left tackle for them. Yep. Um, and, and he was just killing the right tackle. Uh, the combination <laughs> of speed, power, you, like, the, his speed to power move is nasty. fucking nasty. Yeah. He, 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 he's starting to, like, really use his length. Uh, he got banged up at the end. I haven't really heard what happened. Um, it, but, I mean, he looks like the Miles Garrett of next year's class. Just, he's gonna, he's such a freak of nature. He's been dominant since showing up in Eugene, mm-hmm. and he's gonna trend all the way to being a top five pick. Uh, correct. I mean, like, like he's clearly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, Rob, he's clearly edge one going into next year. And honestly, like like you said, this game was just a monster, monster performance. I thought his stats would have looked even better than that line there. Um, yeah, and, oh, big time. And, like he he absolutely took over stretches of this football game, and I, I mean, it's not like he was disappearing in other stretches. He just took over stretches. Um, and yeah, like you said, it was against Elijah Very Tucker, who uh, some people have extremely high. And uh, this this is I don't know, man. But it, it's been. Like I, I guess he, he, I don't know if was he really quieter this year. Or was it just because the season was a little more fucked? I, I'm not really sure, but like, 
dominant as a freshman, dominant in this game. Um, yeah, he's 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 obviously a top five pick going into next year. Uh, he he's been dominant in pretty much every game he's played. I just don't think a lot of people have watched Pac twelve games. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, and they well, they only played five of them or six of them now. So <laughs> two. So um, yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. I, I'll stick in. I'm gonna stick in the Pac-12 and go with Drake London as well. Who yeah. it wasn't his best game by any means, but he's just such a mismatch yep. type player for them. Like he's massive. They line him up in the slot. They line him up. Line him up out wide. He kind of helped hide them losing Michael Pittman to the NFL. Uh, and, and I think he's poised to be it, like St. Brown and Vaughn's are gonna be off in the NFL next year, and London's gonna be the dude. Uh, for USC. Yeah, and I mean, if you don't know already, 6-5-2-10. I mean, he, he was kind of just the chain mover for USC on Friday night. Eight catches, 75 yards. It was a lot of, like, just work over the middle. And Slovis, like, like you know, 10-yard throws, but uh, Slovis putting it in tight of windows and, and London having no problem catching those balls in traffic. Yeah, true sophomore who, if you look at the numbers, is pretty nuts. 14 career games. In those 14 games, 72 catches over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Like, that's big-time production for for a guy who's literally just played 14 games and, and didn't even redshirt. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I'll stick at wide receiver. How about our, our, our fellow Canadian, John Mechie, who, I, I mean, I had to put him here because of the hometown connection for me. And then that motherfucking hit, which was which was just yeah. awesome. The forced fumble. I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't not talk about him. I mean, you know, as a receiver, four catches, 62 yards. He's very good. He he, the, hey, it's gonna be his show next year, which is gonna be pretty awesome. Um, he he's 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 legit, and it's pretty pretty damn cool that someone from our Canadian, well not our my Canadian hometown, uh, it looks like a legit prospect. Yeah, he he, I mean he's gonna be the next Alabama stud receiver yeah. for sure. Um, do you have anybody else or you want to jump over to Weekday Warrior? I'll, I'll throw, I know you hate when I do this, but I'll throw one more in quick. And it wasn't a perfect game, but I, I thought Kyle Hamilton was flashing for Notre Dame. And, like, he has a nice PBU. I just, you know, at 6'4", 220, like, he just uh, he gets me excited. And uh, like he's definitely going to be one of the top safeties going to next year's class. The top safety, one of the top players, I would say. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, my weekday warrior is just an absolute warrior on the field. Talona, Talon, wow, Talanoa Hofanga, the safety for USC. Correct. Another game where he's just all over the field. Um, they blitzed him a lot too. He came in with two sacks. That was like the, their most effective way of stopping uh, Oregon's. Not that Oregon's passing game was all that impactful, but like yeah. Tyler's show was rattled when Hofanga was coming. And he ended up with 12 tackles. He almost had a nasty interception uh, in the back of the end zone off a tip. Yep. But I, I hope he ends up somewhere in the NFL where they're willing to take advantage of what he can do as a blitzer because we've seen in recent weeks how great he is around the line of scrimmage. Yep. He's a guy who I think does his best work around the line of scrimmage. Um, he, he plays a lot of overhang as a flats defender. He, he can he can match up with tight ends. He, he can play some dime linebacker, and then he can blitz off the edge. Uh, get him with a creative defensive coordinator who's going to take advantage of that skill set, and he's going to be a lot of fun. 100%. Uh, and, like, yeah, like almost had that. The interception would have changed the game for USC. Kind of just sucked that he didn't bring it in. And two sacks, and like when he he was rushing the passer, and he he looked legit. One one he beat the running back, but still, and then the other one he beat he beat the right tackle. And uh, 
like you just said, if you want a guy that's going to make a ton of plays uh, 10 yards and in from the line of scrimmage, here he is. And, yeah, you, you got to, you know, don't don't just draft him and say he's a strong safety and, and you know, fuck around with that. <laughs> you have a plan for him, use his versatility, and uh, just let him go out there and ball. Um, okay, jumping to best prospect, I'm just going to go ahead and assume we both have three guys under this. The <laughs> yeah. three guys who, in my opinion, are competing for the Heisman at this point. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Devonta Smith, and Najee Harris. Yep. Um, all incredible. Trevor Lawrence was the, like, I mean, without Trevor Lawrence, Clemson lost to Notre Dame. With Trevor Lawrence, they blow out Notre Dame. Uh, Devonta Smith goes for 15 catches against Florida, and then Najee Harris has five touchdowns against Florida. Is dominant both uh, as a pass catcher and on the ground. AJ, my question to you is, because, I mean, we've talked about all three of these guys all year. What would your Heisman order be? What is your, from three to one, give it to me. Devonta Smith, Trevor Lawrence, and Najee Harris. You give the Heisman to Trevor Lawrence, or I mean Najee Harris, and you put Smith third. Shut up! <laughs> Did you say three to one? I, I went one. I went one to three. I said th- I said three. I said three to one. That's why I was shocked. Uh, no, uh, I went one. Okay, three to one. <laughs> Najee Harris. Just tell Trevor me who Lawrence. you're giving it to. I don't care anymore. Just who who would you give the Heisman? To? Devonta Smith, and I, I I said it for a couple weeks now. Yeah. Um. I, I would, yeah, I would have Najee Harris three, Trevor Lawrence two, Devonta Smith so one. We, we agree, yeah. Um, let, let's start with Devonta Smith. Like, I don't know, man. It was 15 catches for 104 yards and two touchdowns, and it felt, I don't want to say like quiet. a quiet, quiet game, but yeah, kind of. Like, it's like, I don't know, what can you say about him? It just makes it all look so easy every single route, every single game. Like, it's, like, for real, give him the goddamn Heisman. And, like, even outside of the box score in this one, he, he recovered that fumble that Mechie created. And he recovered the onside kick mm-hmm. at the end of the game. He does everything for this team. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know people want to say, you know, oh, split the Heisman between Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devonta. And I, I get the sentiment there. Devonta Harris, uh, Devonta Smith deserves the Heisman. Yeah, I, yeah, good for Mac Jones, but yeah. I would not give it to him. Um, <laughs> if you're, yeah, if you're giving it to a quarterback, it's you got to give it to Trevor Lawrence at this point. He's the best player in college um, football. But yeah, Smith. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. Smith, Smith, once again, just anyone they put on him, he destroys. His route running is so clean. His ball skills, are like, yeah. I think he, he he's obviously a top fifteen pick at this point. Given the Heisman, no player has been more impactful uh, week to week than Devonta Smith. Meanwhile, Najee Harris has just made it look so easy on the ground. Mm-hmm. He's so patient. The contact balance, the footwork, and then just seeing how much they used him as the as a pass catcher um, in, in his reverse spin for a touchdown, that was nasty. Najee Harris is trending, I think, towards an NFL team is going to take him in the first round. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree, and I've kind of felt that way for a while. And I've said before, don't be shocked if someone takes Najee Harris over Travis Etienne and – uh, I I think they're really close for me right now. Honestly, I think I could flip a coin, and I, I love them both. And it, it's definitely because like, like it, what five catches, sixty seven yards, and three touchdowns in the air, and like like that 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 start stop route was nasty. And his hands just looks so, like even just the one um it was a little little not even a screen a little uh, flat route there early in the game. They, his hands just look so natural, and he looks so comfortable running routes. And um and then you know after the catch, we know what he can do, but but it's not just him as a running back it's also like the the suddenness and the agility out of the catches so impressive um 
And, and uh, he, he's a workhorse running back. And, I mean, when we see guys like Der- Derrick Henry dominating the NFL, someone's going to see that and see Najee Harris and say, hey, they both went to Bama, and uh, Najee Harris can catch the football. So uh, I think he's just going to be a, a workhorse. And I think he, he's I think, I think he's going to go in the first round. And then with Trevor Lawrence, is Trevor Lawrence. He's going first overall to, assumably, the Jets. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it it felt close for a minute, maybe, and then it wasn't close at all, and it never even felt like a game. He had a huge touchdown pass to Marty Rogers. Yeah. Late in the game, he had the touchdown run where he looked maybe even faster than I think we previously expected. Yep. Like, he burned some DBs. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's the, he's the, he's the complete package at quarterback. He's a, probably going to end up the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, better than Andrew Luck. I don't know. I'm sure we'll hear tons of takes from tons of people, yeah. uh, about, uh, and I'm sure someone will not have him as their number one quarterback because <laughs> to be contrarian is fun, I guess. But yeah, I mean, uh, what more can you say at this point about Trevor Lawrence? Um, I, my question actually for you, because it's all Alabama and Clemson talk here, is who who do you think wins the national championship? Hmm. I'm cheering for Clemson. I, I, I Bama will be favored in the game. I can't believe you cheer. Dabo seems like such a bad person. I, I don't okay, like Dabo. I. It's not. I mean, it's not just Dabo. I mean, I, I like to see Trevor Lawrence win another one, and and I, I don't know. He's won one. That's what I just said. Won another one. I don't like. I don't want to see yeah, Bama so, win every single year. That's my only reason. And I know Clemson's becoming that, but Clemson's for now, Clemson's winning every year. That I know, but for now, I want to see Clemson, Clemson win. If if I have only two choices. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm picking Ohio State. What you really? Um, can I add something about Trevor Lawrence running? Because I mean, like, yeah, like you said, he he looks faster than we anticipated, and we knew he was a good athlete, but he's also like a, a such a smart runner. Like, he's, he's patient as hell. He had the one where he's just letting the offensive line yep. get in front and setting up blocks, looking like a running back. And, hey, they, they only unleash it in big big games because they're smart about that. Um, and when when he, when he does it, he looks fantastic. Uh, okay, jump into shooting up the board. My number one is the guy who set the Ohio State yep. single-game rushing record in the Big Ten Championship. I think he almost, almost or actually did double his season rushing total in this game. Yeah. <laughs> um, 331 for Trey Sermon, two touchdowns against the vaunted Northwestern defense. He looked like the Trey Sermon we saw in 2018 where we thought this guy could be a, like a productive NFL back and then yep. obviously got hurt last year, transfers to Ohio State, uh, kind of a slow start. Had like three like like I said, like 300 yards in the in the in the five games until this game and uh goes off the contact balance. I think his explosiveness like his um like he's not a terrific here comes the trey sermon train baby he's not <laughs> a, a great like straight line burst athlete but his explosiveness to hit 100 happens so quick yeah like i guess it's his acceleration really his acceleration and then on top of the contact balance and i think he showed really good vision against northwestern especially in the open field he's got a bit of an upright running style but like i think he's perfect for a one-cut scheme he's gonna be a productive nfl back again we were both very into trey sermon two years ago he didn't look all that great as he was coming off the injury this year until this game yeah no for sure i mean i think you had everything there um, running so hard to like, like he's upright, but like when you add the, the great contact balance and 
Like there was that one run at the end of the game where like I thought he was gonna go down like three times. It was it was like you know just yeah, a fifteen yard. Yeah, run. that was sick. Yeah, but but it, this was just like all right, he's still going. Oh, okay, he's still up. He's he's still up. And like he, he spins a guy. Yeah. I I think and I think there's something to the combination of learning the system and, and getting healthy because well part of it they. Ohio State likes Master Teague too much. Like I, I think pretty throughout the like Master Teague is okay. He's fine. Uh, but Trey Sermon had looked better throughout the season, uh, but wasn't seeing as much playing time. And then the Michigan State game happened, and from there he kind of took off through through uh, this Northwestern game. And and I, I mean, would you be shocked to see him go early on day three? Uh, no, assuming no, 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 no. everything checks out at the combine and like. Hey, maybe like he's going to the senior bowl. So who, who maybe he has a big senior bowl on top of it. No, I could definitely see him being a, a fourth round pick. Yeah, no, I, for sure. Especially in this group. He, he could run through for a thousand yards in Shanahan's <laughs> scheme. I'm telling you. Hey, could, uh, Hey, well, let's, st- let's stick in Ohio state corner while we're here. I put the, the off the line as well. Cause I mean, they were, they were creating huge holes for, uh, for Trey Sermon all day and specifically Josh Myers and White Davis. I know you're as an Ohio State fan, you're you're still a little weary of old Josh Myers, but there's a lot of fans of his out there. I have yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. What you trying to paint it like I don't think he's a great center? Come on. What I don't he, think he's a first round center. Yeah, AJ, I know. but I think he's been great for Ohio State. Oh, I'm not trying to paint it like that. I know you obviously you love him. I'm saying you just you're Jack not as, Cohn is in the transfer portal. Jack Cohn is in the transfer portal. <laughs> but yeah, you're 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 not as high on him as an NFL draft prospect as some people are, and I feel like like he obviously had a great game, and White Davis also a great game. Who, who I think White Davis isn't getting enough attention. He kind of just like I don't think his he's, play his play. Go ahead, yeah, I'll let you take it. You're a Ohio State guy. He, I think part of it is he's a guard, right? So yeah, that's yeah. never going to be big. But uh, I, I, well, I mean. He's been better than ninety nine percent of guards in the country. But, Correct. Yeah. Like I still think he's going to probably go in the back end of the first round. Yeah, it just feels like it, it, I guess you're right. Just maybe the, the being a guard, but even then, I just I think he's getting a little lost in the shuffle, and I don't think his plays dropped off at all. And uh, they were both fantastic in the Big Ten championship game. Um, and speaking of, how about Justin Hilliard, who had to start because Baron Browning was out. And he all he did was have nine tackles, two TFLs, the pick in the end zone, and a fumble recovery. He's a guy who came to Ohio State as a pretty big recruit, banged up for like the entirety of his career. Yeah. And when he's been on the field as a depth player, like he's, uh, I think it, this was his sixth season in Columbus. Wow. And when he's always been a very productive backup, um, he I, I think putting this game on tape. Like he, he's going to be in an NFL training camp for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, hey, I'll add one more guy in the Ohio State defense, and then we can move on and not mention them anymore. Uh, <laughs> Hassel Garrett, who's been really good all season long, and uh, maybe – I don't even know if I want to say a quiet riser, but a definite riser in the, in the IDL group that, hey, we know it's not the greatest. And he just keeps going out and putting games together, man. Like five tackles, a sack, two TFLs. Um, for, I mean – I think everyone knows the the, the story, and I, I think he's been great from week well whatever week one was for the for Ohio State. He's been great since then, and somehow did not make the All Big Ten team. Yeah, first team or second team or third team for the media, because 
they don't actually watch the games. Honestly, I, there's so many awards that just get phoned in completely in college football. Like, you might as well so just bad. have preseason awards be full season awards now. Get fucked, uh, college football media. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to stick in the state of Ohio and jump yeah. to the AAC championship where we had uh, Cincinnati beat Tulsa on a field goal. Yeah. So, obviously, the committee is going to be like, I don't care that they're undefeated. I don't care that they won their conference. Like, We'd rather put a team who has two losses and or didn't win the conference in the playoff over Cincinnati. Um, but my Jay Sanders, I think he was the biggest X factor late in that game. Yep. Two sacks had the pass breakup. He he's a guy who there's been some top fifty talk with him. He's he clearly looks the part of an edge rusher. He's, I don't know if he's he's listed at two fifty eight. I don't know if he's that heavy, but he's six five and he 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 needs to add some weight to him. But like the athleticism uh, and the bend for a guy with that type of length, he's he's going to be very much on. The top 100, uh, yes. I think he'll be a top 100 pick, assuming he declares. I, I do too. And, yeah, like it just felt like, what was it, late third quarter, early fourth, where he just like awoke in and came out and just started wrecking that game and had the one sack where he uh, came inside on the stunt, got home. And, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think he's a top 100 pick. He, he was a monster this week. Um, now I feel like i got to find some sort of geographic connection to my next guy, but I don't know if I can. <laughs> Uh, hey, I, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it simple. I put Kadarius Tony again. I I love uh, I say this every week. I love him so much, Rob. Like, and it, it, this one in this game, it was so fun how they used him. Like, he, he caught the big one out of the backfield uh, on the wheel, um, the first touchdown where he won deep out of the slot. Which I mean, you love to see that when a guy can win deep out of the slot with little hesitation move. Um, and then hey, they used him as a running back a couple times. Uh, what he had two carries for 15 yards, and he looked good when he did that. And at this point, man, he's uh, what I say last week. He's going top fifty, lowest. Uh, he's creeping up into that first round, and because one hundred fifty three yards, eight catches against Alabama in the SEC championship game, um, it's hard not to call him a riser, and it's it's going to be hard to deny him because he's 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 awesome. <laughs> you really, really blew it, AJ. My Jay Sanders is from Florida. You could have made that I, connection. I kind of figured, but I didn't want to say that without just guess knowing. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Fair. Uh, by the way, for the listener, as we record, the uh, college football playoff uh, ranking show has begun. Uh, get re- get ready for Coastal and Cincy to make it. <laughs> and Oklahoma. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, to- Tony's been as big a riser as almost anybody this year. Yeah. Uh, after last year being kind of disappointing. Well, yeah. not kind of. It was disappointing. And then he's... I mean, after the game, they talked to Nick Saban, and, and they asked about Kyle Trask, and he kind of ignored <laughs> Kyle Trask and just talked about Pitts and Tony. Because <laughs> he's a smart man. That's why. But, like, just especially with the way the NFL is trended towards looking for those space playmakers, those guys with the deep speed who can also be yak chess pieces, all the Clemson players are waiting as if they're not going to get in. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, hey, let me let me jump aboard here. You mentioned Tony uh, potentially being a Packer last week, and we, we got to watch uh, Tony and the Green Bay offense uh, at the same time Saturday night. And yep. hey, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, like we saw Rogers, Rogers, probably his worst game of the year. I mean, they still won; doesn't matter. Yeah. But you you could definitely see that uh, when Adams wasn't really getting open, or you know, they couldn't find him. They they could have used Kadarius Tony in that offense. Yeah, he um, if the medical stuff 
checks out. Uh, I mean, the only real question is why wasn't he more productive sooner in his career? But even then, like as a freshman and sophomore, he was used as this kind of bit player. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think it was more on Florida not giving him as much opportunities. He clearly deserves seeing how talented he is. Yep. And uh, opposite him, I mean, Pitts was once again amazing. He had the touchdown in the uh, right corner of the end zone where he just high-pointed the ball like he always does, like an alley-oop from Kyle Trask. Um, and he was such a mismatch. They both it, are. They're both complete mismatches, and it makes that Florida offense so fun despite Kyle Trask not being that fun to watch. Yeah, Kyle Trask is—I don't know, man. He's such a—he's such a conundrum because it was a, a, like a, what a 400-yard game against Alabama, but and like, <laughs> was it was it a good game? Like, I, I don't even know. So there, like, I didn't put Trask anywhere, but feel free to put him wherever you feel like it, Rob. If if you did, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Pitts is Pitts is ridiculous. I'm like he's 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 the best tight end prospect we've seen since starting this podcast, in my opinion. Um, before the evaluations are done, obviously. But I was a little lower on Hawkinson than a lot of people were. I was probably wrong, but I was a little lower. And I, I don't know. I, like I said earlier in the show, Pitts is a wide receiver one. And I I, I don't know. I, I think he's a top 15 pick, and I, I, I think he's one of the exceptions to the top 10 rule at tight end because he, he transcends the tight end position. Okay. Uh, I also put Dereon Kendrick, who I thought – quietly had well the Clemson secondary in general was yeah. awesome against Notre Dame but I thought he was quietly like just unstoppable um they, they he even got involved like they blitzed him he had a yep. sack he, yep. he was uh very involved in run defense uh the former five-star athlete who started as a receiver and you can see how athletic he is and he I mean he's been a, another big riser this yeah. year he looks like a future first round pick I'm assuming he's gonna declare and be a first round pick it's a very fun corner class yeah and you know what honestly I wasn't fully sold on Kendrick uh, as of yet and, and it's like you know he's he's a favorite to go top 20 in, in a lot of mock drafts right now and yeah he, he went he went out and absolutely balled against Notre Dame uh who I don't know like like can we call back Jones a riser like I, I don't know like he's Matt, Matt. I'm an alcalmerizer. What's wrong? Okay. Yeah, alcalmerizer. I mean, ooh, hot take. (laughs) Hey, for us it is because I don't know. We don't. I don't know. Like it's gonna be hard not for him to go in the first round. Obviously, like, like his intercept. What a four hundred eighteen yards, five touchdowns, a pick, uh, ten incompletions, and his interception wasn't even a bad throw. It got ripped out of the receiver's hands, and then hey, Bama got it back anyways. I, I I'm still gonna be a little i'm still a little weary on mac jones but it's it's hard to uh it's hard to deny him at this point he's obviously been absolutely amazing my last one san jose state wide receiver trey walker one of my favorite players in the country one of the most underrated players in the country seven catches 137 yards and a touchdown against boise state the spartans go undefeated they win the mountain west uh he had the big yak touchdown where he made the the, he just eliminated the defender's angle in space, took to the house. Uh, a bunch of plays through physical yep. uh, coverage. The Boise State corners were not messing around. Like um, Jalen Walker and Avery Williams, I thought both like played their asses off. Uh, but Trey Walker was kind of the big X factor for San Jose State in that game. Uh, hey, and shout out Nick Starkle, finally a champion. <laughs> hey, I mean, 453 yards, three touchdowns. What, what a season for Starkle. What a turnaround. But yeah, I'm. I mean, look, we we've been pounding the Trey Walker table all year long, and I'm glad he got to uh, 
like show off in a big game and uh, with a lot of eyes on him in that Mountain West Championship. And yeah, 55 yards down the sideline on the screen. Like you said, just so many circus contested catches as he does every single week. Okay, slide. I'm assuming we can jump to sliding down the board now. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, the most obvious one would be Justin Fields' performance against Northwestern. 114 passing yards, two picks, 44% completion rate, 4.2 yards per attempt. Um, Chris Olave not being there was a massive disadvantage. Yeah. I think more than people even expected, right? Yeah, for sure. And, like, hey, Garrett Wilson is super talented, and he's going to be, a, I think, a, probably a first-round pick. But Olave's that safety net, the guy who just has elite chemistry with Fields, the guy who can work himself open with dominant route running, and just the guy that uh, Fields is consistently looked to in big moments. And without him, you get things like that Jamison Williams, um, where he cut the or took the route up field when Fields thought he was going to the sideline yeah. and got picked. Yeah, uh, things like that. Fields, yeah. It's hard. Like the, I didn't think the play calling was very good, and I didn't think the receivers played very well. But having this type of game isn't great for Fields, where the two best teams Ohio State played this year, being Indiana and Northwestern, um, he struggled. The I think two two big takeaways would be um, just he he was holding the ball for a long time, a lot of the time. Yeah, and. Oh, here comes the train again. Lots of trains today. I don't know what's up. Um, so that that was like the the I, I saw people talking about his internal clock. Yeah, that was a big thing. And just kind of the the decision making and the in the accuracy. I don't know. Like I have a hard time thinking a team would take Zach Wilson over Justin Fields, but I mean that take's been trending towards being more popular as of late yeah i was gonna I, like yeah like go go ahead rob sorry finish up i would i just think justin fields although i've put him as sliding down the board i like i i think you I, again it's very very early in the process i just think that's such an insane thing to to watch zach wilson's tape and watch justin fields tape and then on top of everything else and and, and be like as the jacksonville jaguars we're gonna take zach wilson over justin fields I just think that's insane. I I totally agree with you. And um, there was a lot of those takes, and, and not really too many uh, people that really know what they're talking about saying it. But I mean, th- there are people that do know what they're talking about that had Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. But after this game, I mean, there's a lot of just a lot of reactionary where it, you know, Zach Wilson's over Fields, and maybe the Jaguar. I've seen some people start the Jaguars are going to trade down now. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> So I saw a lot of bad takes. But yeah, the the, the processing time for Fields is 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 a question. But I thought, like, I don't know. I feel like that only kind of fell apart in the big games. And maybe that's that's because it's under the magnifying lens. And, it, you know, when they're not in the big games, that's when it's it's really noticeable. Or, sorry, when they are in the big games, that's when it's noticeable. Because, like, I, I thought he came out, like, week one, and he looked better at that type of stuff. And he looked more competent, uh, confident and composed and just working through those type of things. But, yeah, no, there, there's definitely things to ding him on. Um it's worth, Lawrence, it's worth noting he it's worth noting he got banged up too and like he had he had yeah. to tape his throwing hand yeah and so i think assuming as we find out 10 minutes or so from now uh, as reese davis drags <laughs> the show out um if if he can bounce back with a big game against yeah i'm assuming they're going to be playing clemson yeah uh that 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 would 
be huge for him. No, uh, de- definitely. And, and, and for the for the record, I think I'm gonna have Trey Lance over Zach Wilson. Oh, okay, all right. I, I I'm not sure where I am yet. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm just I, calling my shot. I respect it. I. <laughs> I, I do think, like, you know, we talked about the gap between Lawrence and Fields and the gap between Fields and the next guy. Uh, I, I think I think there's obviously a gap between Lawrence and Fields. And and he, he's – I'm not going to say he's f- closer to, to Wilson or closer to Lawrence. Maybe he's, like, right down the middle because I, I do think he's still quarterback two in this class. But Trevor Lawrence is just that special. Um, I'm all – I've also, for sliding down the board, I put Dylan Moses who yeah. – Two pass interference penalties against Florida. He he's he's gonna be an odd case where well now you're starting to see he went from top ten guy to late first round guy to second day two guy. Now I saw I think Matt Miller said he's a day three guy for him. Um, well, and, that, and that doesn't mean just, much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it's just I'm group think like now everyone else is gonna do. See that. <laughs> I mean, he's not Dane Brugler with his groupthink power, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people uh, are going to start changing their takes on Moses. But uh, obviously, five-star guy. I thought he had great, great, great tape as a sophomore. Uh, got hurt as a junior, and this year has been a kind of – you've seen the flashes. He, he's a, he's an odd case where I think the flashes are, are bright. Like even that Missouri game where he got beat on the wheel route by, uh, by the – Beatty, I think the running back, Betty, Batty, Batty, and uh, but even in that, like you saw on, he played that um, speed option on on I think it was third or fourth down, and he just eliminated the running back, and it was a huge hit. And even in this game, he he had a big TFL. He had this he he was attacking the football. He forced a fumble. Like you see some of the flashes, yeah. but then like he's getting exposed in coverage. He doesn't. I don't think he looks as explosive as he did uh, as a sophomore coming downhill, nor, like, in not as fluid in coverage and just maybe less confident. Like, yeah. So, I, to me, he is maybe, I mean, there was, think about Mac Wilson, for example. When he was at Alabama, there was first-round hype at the end of the year. He ended up, what, like a fifth-round pick to the Browns? Yep. And he's been good for the Browns when he's, yep. when he's been healthy. But, like, could Moses end up down that path? Maybe. Um I think the combine and like medicals and everything will be huge for him, but uh, I I mean there's no way he's a first round guy, especially in a linebacker class as deep as this. And just seeing him get exposed again in coverage, uh, it, it's worrisome. It's hard to draft a linebacker top 100 if you're unsure he can play on passing downs. No, yeah, uh, definitely. Like I I'm I'm shitting on Miller, but like I I I don't think that's a ridiculous take. I think he could definitely slide into the no. into day three, but. Um, yeah, that that third or fourth round feels like what it what the target is for Dylan Moses, and clearly he's been one of the biggest sliders of the year, um, easily. And hey, uh, I'm gonna go with a guy where I, I didn't really know where to put Elijah Very Tucker, but I'm gonna put him here because I'm an asshole. Um, <laughs> he gave up two sacks, uh, obviously, but like I, I didn't think it was a bad game overall in pass protection. Like no, one, so go ahead. Yeah. So I thought I thought about it, and the way I looked at it was two things. Yep. Kayvon Thibodeau's stupid yep. free monster. Number two is Vera Tucker's not gonna be playing left tackle in the NFL. He's gonna be playing guard. Exactly. So it's hard like like he's he's already being put in a situation that's tough and he's been great at as a, transitioning the tackle this year for them. But again, he's gonna be a 
on guard in the NFL. So I had a hard time actually dinging him for it, but you're like, he, I understand why you, you, you I, did. I'm not really dinging him. I just kind of wanted to talk about him and I didn't know where to put him. Yeah, fair. And, and he wasn't a guy who had a good game, so I'm going to put him here. And like you said, he's going to be playing interior, um, so he's not a tackle. And when you look at it that way, his pass protection was pretty good. And like you said, Thibodeau is, is just an absolute stud. And, like, one Thibodeau, yeah, actually beat him. The other one, he he, he was pretty he was blocking pretty well. And the other side of the pocket collapsed, and Slovis kind of walked into the sack. Like, not not a great rap, but like, oh, he did nothing wrong. But it, it, was, it shouldn't really have been a sack on him. And, like, but I, I will say I didn't think it was a great game as a run blocker. And I, I know they don't run the ball too, too much, but he didn't seem overly physical. So maybe that was more of a concern than the actual pass protection. Because, again, against a top five edge and as a guy that's not a tackle, that, that's a pretty good game, to be honest. <laughs> he, looks very, he looks very, very comfortable out, out on, the, out on the, the end. So, like, that, that's big. But, yeah, I, I'm, you know me. I, I wasn't that high on him in the summer, and people are calling him IOL1, and he definitely had a great year. Um, I, I just want to pump the brakes a little, maybe. Maybe I'm just, I'm just sour grapes. You, uh, you you just sound like you hate the Pac-12. This year, I do. Ooh, bad take. Half their games were in the mist. Bad take. <laughs> or, sorry, the smoke. The, the smoke. smoke. Yeah, the smoke. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll stick with USC, actually. I, I, I put Tyler Vaughn's down here. I thought he really struggled to get open against Oregon. Yeah. And he was their biggest non-factor of their... I mean, we talked about McCoy in London. Uh, I... I'll talk about Amon Ross St. Brown a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Vaughn's, like, I thought disappeared. And he's not – he's a he's a smooth athlete, but he's not, like, a blazer. Not at he's all. He's not going to beat you deep. He, he He's a pretty good route runner. He's got good ball skills. You, he made one big catch down the sideline. But, I, I, like, he, to me, is a late day three guy. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But I, I, I kind of like him, though. Like, you're right. Like, he did nothing until like, the last – three minutes of the game um yeah Vons is he's kind of all over the map but I think you're right like a, a sixth or seventh round guy but I kind of like him I, I, I said it last week like he makes plays but he's not that good of an athlete so I, I don't know I'm kind of all over the map on him um where do I want to go uh you know what I'll, let's go to Iowa State I put Brock Purdy just because we don't have that many games the picks were so bad um, it's not really who I'm going to talk about, but <laughs> he was not seeing defenders or just chucking it up like a dum dum. It was it was really bad. Um, yeah, I, I, he's he's clearly going back, like you said. Hey, and I, I put Chase Allen. I know he's not like a big time prospect or anything, but um, I, I didn't really do much this year. Kohler clearly is is. I mean, we knew before the season he was he was the better one, but still, Kohler's helped himself. Allen hasn't really like he's just so little in the passing game. Had a catch for six yards and had a really tough drop on a play. Purdy actually made a pretty good play getting outside the pocket, scrambling, and Allen just couldn't reel it in. Um, so not not a high key slider, but a a guy that I uh, yeah I definitely definitely ding a little bit this week. Um, I also put Sean Wade here, who I it, yeah. he he like didn't get exposed exposed or anything. Neither him or Seven Banks I thought played all that well against Northwestern, despite Wildcats not putting up a ton of points. Um, but he just he doesn't look explosive enough, quick twitch enough to to like hang at corner. That was kind of my main takeaway. He yeah. gave up on like his click and close was like a touch slow, and the northwestern receivers kept kind of beating him on these these like third and seven curl routes that just to get first downs. 
yeah, I think he's ultimately, and this isn't uh, like this is the main take at this point with him is he's a safety in the NFL. Yeah, like his, or he's a full time nickel. I guess it's kind of like, yeah, the evaluations. Uh, no, you're right. Like I think I think yeah. I don't I don't think he's going to be able to play outside, and that's gonna it's gonna make his stock really interesting. Um, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. How about the Notre Dame passing game in totality? Like Ian Book was obviously bad, but less less concerned about that. Like. There's there's been some McKinley fans and he hasn't really he didn't really do anything in this game at all and and hey Ben Skoranek's at the Senior Bowl and he <laughs> he's had a really nice season both both him and McKinley have had a really nice season but but neither of them stepped up and made anything happen for that uh for that Notre Dame passing game I think all three of them kind of in the in the biggest game of the year just didn't didn't show up. Um, yeah, I, I also I I mentioned Ben Skoranek in my notes here. Um, just. A guy who a senior bowl receiver, like to me that means you're one of the best senior receivers in the country, and he just disappears for yeah. long stretches. Like he's had a couple big games, I but other than that, he's been like fine. It, it's pretty much like he, in his big games is because he made like one or two big plays. Yes. Uh, okay. Who's your out of nowhere prep pick? Uh, out of nowhere for me this week. Was uh, I, I'll give you two, and they're kind of similar performances. And speaking of big plays from receivers, I'll start with a smaller one. Trey Shropshire out of UAB it was a junior, uh, 6'3, 190, and he was just the big play guy for UAB. Um, five catches, a buck 80, and hundred and uh, one touchdown. I had the sweet deep jump ball grab to get them into the goal line early. Uh, then had the 71 yarder where he got held, and then Johnson just lobbed it up to him and he, he tracked it down like what five, ten yards away from the hold. And then caught it and housed it, and, and UAB wins. Great upset. And then uh, actually early in the game had another great deep catch just like off his, uh, on his fingertips. Kind of interesting. And like I don't think he's he's the fastest guy because he kind of got chased down in the, on that 71-yarder, but he got in the end zone, obviously. Um, hey, that's just Rob Sire dog barking. But <laughs> uh, definitely an interesting game from him. Um, I, I'm going to stick at with a G5 receiver and go with Alec Pierce for Cincinnati, who had five catches, 146 yards, and a touchdown against Tulsa in the rain. Made an incredible one-handed catch uh, down the right sideline where he's getting interfered with, too. Um, he, he I I mean, he, he became their, their best playmaker quickly in that game and, and the go-to guy for Desmond Ritter. It, it was basically Alec Pierce's long balls and Desmond Ritter's legs. Yeah, for sure. I, he's like the uh, the bigger Trey Shopshire. Actually, really similar games, and uh, both six three guys, uh, juniors. But Pierce Pierce got a little more half done him. He's at two thirteen, and yeah, no, he, that that deep contested grab was awesome. He was he was he was pretty great, and totally out of nowhere. Uh, and I also put the the edge rushing combo of Junior Fajoko and Cade Hall at San Jose State combined yeah. for ten tackles, four TFLs, two sacks. Hank Bachmeyer had no time like ever. They were they dominated the Boise State offensive line. Yeah. And like Fajoko, I swear this guy had like six pressures, and then Cade Hall uh, had two sacks, and they. Uh, I love San Jose State. I think <laughs> Brent Brennan has done such a phenomenal job building that culture and. I mean, you can see all the tweets after the game too. They're a hard team not to love. Yeah, I, I didn't put Fajoko down, but that was a really good pick because he was—he was like, he was definitely one of the best players on the field uh, yesterday for 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 either team. Yes, 
Um, okay, prospect made me look stupid was Oregon nose tackle Jordan Scott. Ah, uh, that's a good uh, one. He he's been very met all season. Yeah, he's a guy who I thought could be like uh, an NFL type starting nose tackle. I think he's just been like just a washed year. Yeah, no, and, that's and a, didn't look very good against USC. Yeah, he, honestly, I, I took a bad for, penalty. Yeah, <laughs> okay, you're, you're right. <laughs> I almost forgot about him, and then like I was watching the USC game, and then yeah, yeah the penalty. I'm like, oh yeah, Jordan Scott. I forgot about him. <laughs> it was just for sure, just a just a absolute wash year. You're definitely right. You know, I'm gonna give some credit to. How about Trevon Grimes, who I ragged on him earlier in the year, and uh, rightfully so, but he turned it up big time down the stretch, like. And then this week, what? I had the sweet touchdown against Patrick Sertan where he just didn't – Sertan was in great coverage. Sertan couldn't find the ball. Grimes did. He housed it. Four catches, 78 yards. And I, you know, I thought his hands, you know, had some bad drops during the year. And he started to make some really nice hands catches. And uh, looks like a classic day three Gator wide receiver that we've seen 150 times over the last couple of years. <laughs> Um, okay, my best prospect versus prospect matchup, going back to the Pac-12, Amon Ross St. Brown versus Diamande, Diomador, oh, I can't say this, Lenoir, you know who I mean. Yeah. Um, the Oregon corner. Ooh, the rankings are being announced. Alabama is one. Sure. Um, those, those two were going at it all game when they were matched up with each other, and I thought, like, neither was a loser. They, they both, I thought, came away making big plays. Lenoir had a pick. St. Brown had a touchdown. Clemson is two. Um and, and it was just really fun watching two guys who are going to play in the NFL battle it out in a big game. Hey, and I uh, less of a head-to-head matchup. I did the same thing. I went Travis Etienne versus uh J- Jeremiah Wusukomora, who uh I thought I thought Jock played the best on Notre Dame out of anyone, even though the defense wasn't great. Thought he looked good in coverage. Had seven tackles, two TFLs. You know the game was away from him, but I, I thought he kept the intensity of the entire game. And hey, man. Uh, Etienne is always going to make his plays. He had 10 carries under 24 yards and a touchdown. And on that touchdown, it, it just you see his burst, and it's absolutely unreal. I just I, – like, he, he had three catches for 12 yards. I, I want to see them get him Ohio State is three. Sorry? Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Everyone knows already that's listening to this. I want to see him get, get re-involved, I guess, in the passing game, in the playoffs, and uh, just, just feature him more heavily. And I, I, guess, I guess early in the season it, it was – it was like you know they they weren't sure about Rogers coming coming back and uh, Powell wasn't really around so I, I guess it was a little more just dumping it off to Etienne in, in the screen game and such and now that they figured out the deep passing game but I I want to see them get back to Etienne and use him a little more creatively especially after we saw Harris dominate in the passing game. Um. Okay. Prospects who played at the box outplayed the box score. I put Avery Williams, who I thought was awesome in coverage against Bailey Gaither for San Jose State, and he had the 69-yard yep. punt return touchdown, which, like, helps his box score. But I thought overall he played just such a very complete game, very feisty corner. His return skills are going to get him in the NFL because I think yeah. it was his fourth return touchdown of the season. Um, he looked great. I also put Charlie Culler, who had six for 92 and a touchdown, so pretty big box score. But he just felt like the only guy on Iowa – the only guy on Iowa State who who was uh, consistently making plays throughout that game against Oklahoma. I I, I totally agree. Um, I, I like Charlie Kohler. I think he's gonna. I I, I I like a lot of these tight ends, Rob. I think it's it's a fun group, man. Uh, and I'm gonna stick at tight end. Speaking of, you know, I put I, I put Tommy Tremble, who had two catches for 41 yards, which is a pretty good day catching for him because he's just a fantastic blocker and like. 
when he does get looks, uh, his hands are pretty solid. He moves well. Um, he, he, he can do a little bit after the catch. Nothing special, but I think he's a good good prospect. And I don't know why, but I'm slapping the Delaney Walker comp on him. And I, I don't know if that's accurate, but that's, that's, the, that's what I'm putting on him for some reason. <laughs> Um. Okay. Overhyped. I put Marco Wilson because every time I watch him, he doesn't play <laughs> yeah. very well. Even when he's not throwing shoes. Um, Devonta Smith got the better of him a bunch of times. He just doesn't look athletic enough to hang with NFL quality receivers. And he's a guy who, before the season, I don't know if it was because he's a big recruit because he's at Florida and they produce a lot of DBs. But there was like first round talk with him. Yeah. And over the summer, I had a UDFA grade on him. So I thought, am I stupid? Uh, but he's every time I watch, I just don't think Marco Wilson's anything too special. Florida corners are either like top fifteen guys, or they, they they start there and they slip during the process, and they're not very good athletes, and they end up day three and not that great in the NFL. <laughs> uh, shot at Quincy Wilson. <laughs> it was. Oh wow! Surprising. Well, Notre Dame's number four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, you're fucking ahead of me. Thanks for wrecking the moment. It's, it sucks anyway. It's, wow. Notre Dame versus Alabama. We've never seen that before. Wow, Ohio State versus Clemson. We've never seen that before. Anyways, um, <laughs> you know, okay, this, this one, this, this is this is this is one I'm not uh, I'm not 100 sold 100 sold on myself. I put Jordan Smith here because I kind of wanted to talk about him. Uh, I get it. He's got all the tools. He's six six two fifty five. Um, he's producing. But, like, acting like he's a slam dunk day two pick is a little much for me, I think. I get it. Like, I wouldn't be shocked AJ, if he goes there. Yes, sir. No, it, it, I think this is fair because at one point in this season, Dame Brugler wrote, like, he's a dark horse first-round guy. So, I think this is fair. Yeah, see, that, that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. It, it's, like, it, it's almost like people want to really put him high, but they, they just won't say it, and they'll wink, wink, nudge, nudge him. And then... Um, I, I do like him. I think he's a really good prospect, and he was really good in this game. I, I thought he, he – honestly, I originally had him for outplay the box score because he had six tackles um, but only one solo tackle. Didn't get credit with the QB hurry, which I don't think was possible because I swear to God he had a hand on Grant Wells multiple times. Anyways, <laughs> and, and on top of that, um, he, he's going to have the character questions because he was involved at the credit card scam at Florida. So there, there's that aspect too, and I, I, I get it though. Like the, the get off is amazing. He's got all the tools there. I like him as a prospect. I just don't think he's a slam dunk. I think I think that's fair. Uh, Senior Bowl will will show a lot of yeah, yeah. who he is as a prospect. I think for sure. Um, like if okay. I could I could definitely see him getting into the second round. Like I wouldn't be shocked, but yeah. Oh my God, Texas A and M's five, AJ. Whoa, unbelievable. <laughs> Fucking. Sucks. Shit, Cincinnati says the committee. Everything what a sucks. Bullshit ranking. Life is stupid. Uh, small school guy who caught my eye. How about uh, the Ball State receiving combo of Johannes Tyler and Justin Hall, who uh, combined for 11 catches, 136 yards, and two touchdowns against Buffalo and pulled off the upset of the century. <laughs> hey, I, I, you go Ball State, I'll go Buffalo. I, I, hey, Antonio Nunn, I, I I love him. 13 catches, 182 yards, topped your Ball State guys by himself. He's never going to win with athleticism, but if you want someone who makes all of the tough catches and fights like hell every single snap, he's that guy. Plus, you could probably get him undrafted. So I I, uh, I, I like Antonio Nunn. And, hey, how about, how about Jared Patterson's backup? Patterson got hurt, by the way, in this game, which sucks. 
Uh, but Kevin Marks, uh, nine nine carries, ninety three yards, um, a touchdown, sixty seven yard touchdown. That is, I still like him as a sleeper. He runs hard. He breaks tackles. Got some wiggle to him at, as a bigger back. Um, not not breakaway speed, but he, hey, he did have a breakaway touchdown. So there you go. And I have to mention Marshall tight end Xavier Gaines, who yes. their quarterback was playing so bad he had to run Wildcat for like oh my god Oklahoma six fuck the rankings. That's not surprising either. <laughs> no, I some tweets off, but yeah, Gaines Gaines who also had a seventy yard touchdown was like the only thing Marshall had going for them on offense. I, I like Gaines. Uh, I've, he's been on my radar, uh, honestly, because NCAA 14, I played him Marshall, and he was always like a go-to guy for me. But then this year, watching him, he, he's been really good. And like you said, he, they use him all over the place. He's kind of like uh, he's like he's like the everyman for their, for their offense. And I don't know if he's going to be drafted, but he, he's, definitely, he's definitely interesting. Um, do you have anybody else? No, we can move to our, uh, our well, our ads. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, huzzah! Sorry, I'm uh, best part of the show. Some tweets off right now. I'm tr- oh my my computer's frozen. I'm going through it over here. Uh, hey, oh, I'll read okay. you. Uh, should I read some? Do you see the bowls? Is that good content? I don't know. Just just get to the commercial. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Support for Seven Rounds in Heaven is presented by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hairs on their balls. Uh, If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaped in 2021. Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their perfect package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Uh, come out of quarantine with clean balls and th- balls. Thanks to the lawnmower 3.0, this waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks and tugs to your two best friends. Um, uh, the third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you glow the glow-up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there with New Year. This New Year Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on the go freshness, they'll you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 2020, 2020 was awful. Make sure your boys are fresh and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped even threw in the shed travel bag to keep all their goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfortable, Manscaped's anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you will ever wear. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. AJ, read the next ad. Uh, hey, <laughs> betonline.ag is the only place to be. That rhymes. It's bowl season coming up, baby. Just go there. Uh, hey, you're going to get Christmas money. <laughs> Or or whatever holiday money, and you're gonna use it to turn that into big New Year's Eve spending money for all the parties that you can't go to. Um, we got our bowl games coming up. There's seven of them between now and uh, next Sunday evening. Uh, that actually, well, no more than that. There's eight of them, isn't there? Now, anyways, there's a lot of bowl games, but lots of them are getting canceled. Regardless, BetOnline.ag is the place to be. The NBA season is about to start December 22nd. That's tomorrow. Uh, hey, I, honestly, I think I think basketball is the best sport to bet on, especially playing the totals. 
uh, track those lines, figure them out. And betonline.ag is a place to make all of your holiday spending money. Um, okay. AJ, I went four and four in the conference championships. Obviously, Washington and USC didn't happen. Louisiana and Coastal Carolina didn't happen. Went four and four. I'm 34 and 31 on the season. Uh, I'm picking a bunch of bowl games. Uh, I guess eight of them. Um, all of them with spreads already out. The, it's, it's 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 all pretty random because we're recording by before all the bowl games have been announced. Um, but Monday, Merrill Beach Bowl, two thirty, ESPN, North Texas versus App State. I will be taking the Mean Green plus nineteen. Oh, whoa, what a rhyme! Uh, I'm gonna take the Mountaineers. Got no fears. Minus nineteen. I, I'm not confident about it. But uh, <laughs> UNT's not that good. My boy uh, Darden's gonna. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> my boy Darden's gonna put up points. He is one of my favorite day three wide receivers. Oh yeah, I forgot you. You like I my boy Zach Thomas is gonna not turn the ball over and uh, they're gonna grind it out and, and cover. Tuesday, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, three thirty on ESPN. Tulane versus Nevada. I will be taking the Wolfpack plus three. I love Jay Norvell. Uh, go Nevada. Goddamn right, Rob. And this is my favorite. Like for actual betting perspective, this is my favorite one. I, I'm gonna take the Wolfpack plus three as well. Tulane's got to come up there. It's a good to, coaching uh, matchup. Yeah, it is a good coaching matchup. And hey, Tulane's got to come up to to Idaho. Nevada's used to the cold playing in the Mountain West. Up in Reno's chilly sometimes. Um, <laughs> I'm taking the Wolfpack. Yeah, I mean, hey, Carson Strong's my favorite player in college football. <laughs> it's not um, true, but I love him. Yeah, hey, Romeo Dubes. Romeo Dubes is a monster receiver Stunned. for Nevada. So yes, both programs quite good. Um, also Tuesday, roofclaim.com, Roca, uh, wow, roofclaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl, 7 p.m., ESPN. BYU three-and-a-half point favorites against UCF. I will be taking the Cougs. Zach Wilson's last game at BYU. He's going to go out in style. This should be a high-scoring game. Take yeah. the over. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's had a phenomenal year, too. You want to guess the total? I saw, I saw what it was. Uh, I will guess 84-and-a-half. Oh, 70. <laughs> I think 70-and-a-half, yeah. So you you like that over? Um, I'm gonna take UCF plus the three and a half. Just 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 to go different from you, to be honest. And hey, B, B, we saw what happened last time. BYU tried to come to the southeast, and it didn't go so well for them, baby. And coming to coming to Bouquet Raton, uh, my, uh, <laughs> my my Golden Knights are uh, aren't are a far trip from Orlando. I'm gonna take UCF plus the points. UNC, Texas a and the Orange Bowl is fun, at least. That's my takeaway. Miami gets to play in the cheese it Bowl, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> Wednesday, the the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. 3.30 ESPN, Georgia Southern versus Louisiana Tech. I've not written down the spread. AJ, do you have it? I do. It's Georgia Southern minus 4.5. I'm going to I'm gonna lay the points. Uh, just It's Georgia Southern. They're just going to go out choke the choke it away. Louisiana Tech's not yeah. that good this year. Uh, uh no. not confident, but uh, it should be should be a win for Georgia Southern. I agree. I am also taking the Eagles triple option till I die. Uh, yeah. also Wednesday, Montgomery Bowl, seven p.m. on ESPN or ESPN two, FAU versus Memphis. I, I'm, I'm Memphis t- ten point favorites, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to take the Tigers. I'm going to lay that points. I mean, me too. <clears throat> not not as good as they usually are, but I I still gonna I'm still gonna trust them to cover. Hey, FAU's not as good as they usually are either. So I'm gonna I'm gonna trust them to to cover that ten. 
Yeah, I'm I'm also t- taking Memphis here. Uh, Thursday, New Mexico Bowl, three thirty, ESPN. Uh, not Halloween. What's it called? Christmas Eve, ESPN. <laughs> Hawaii versus Houston. So I don't know what's going on with me. I'm so flustered about the bowl ra- or the rankings. Uh, I know. Uh, you I'll, are. I'll be ta- I'll be ta- I'll be taking the Houston's uh, closer to home for them. Um, you know, Dana Holgerson not doing that well in Houston. So turn it around. Win a bowl. Yep. Win the New Mexico Bowl. We'll have Halloween on Christmas, Rob. Don't worry, buddy. Uh, yeah, this is in this is in Frisco, Texas. It's not even in Mexico, so even even less of a John over there to, to Frisco for for Houston. Yeah, I'm taking Houston minus the 11 points as well. Christmas Day or Hallows Hallows Day, Camellia Bowl, 2:30, ESPN. Buffalo Marshall, two of the best Group Five programs. Um, Bulls eight and a half point favorites is what I, we had to make this lineup ourselves i don't think aj's picking this game i put the bulls as eight and a half point favorites against marshall okay are you taking buffalo yes uh th- this is gonna be a curious line i i think i don't know marshall marshall kind of stunk uh they've they've they faltered down the stretch but i mean you'd be lost so i think i think it's probably gonna be 10 points but yeah i'm, I'm i hey i want you to get the win here up so don't worry thanks thanks aj okay our last one um this week at least saturday's lending tree bowl 330 espn western kentucky versus georgia state uh i'm taking western kentucky plus four and a half well, g- give me a reasoning here rob I-, I don't have a good vibe on this but it feels like you do well aj have you seen the western kentucky uh hilltoppers mascot I p- too many times i've seen them yeah Tyson Helton, their head coach, is Clay Helton's brother. Also, that's another uh, big reason I'm taking the Hilltoppers. No, my real reason is Tyrell Pigrom's got one game left. One uh, collegiate game left. It's the Lending Tree Bowl. The old Maryland backup is going to go off. I love, uh, I mean, Tyrell Pigrom's been part of our lives for like four years <laughs> since he like kind of, he played Ohio State tough <laughs> in that game where like Maryland got like seven quarterbacks hurt. Um, also, if you're looking for prospect, D'Angelo Malone is, yeah. is a is a guy for Western Kentucky who's an edge rusher who's been dominant uh, in, in the uh, group of five for like every year of his collegiate career, yeah. um, and a guy who's got some top 100 hype. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm taking Western Kentucky. Like I pretty much pick bulls with my heart, and not my head. So I just smart. Like the oh, that's smart. Speaking of our heart, this game is taking place in our favorite, uh, the beautiful, now rustic, lad people stadium. Rest in peace, but you're still alive in our hearts. And for the Lending Tree Bowl, and I, I, for, for literally no good reason, I'm taking Georgia State. I think they're just the better team this year. They, they, their quarterback, uh, Cornelius Brown, is like actually fun to watch. So, And, and they got good receivers. I'm pretty sure I talked about Sam Pinckney on this show before. Yeah, you so. have. You have. I forgot about him. There you go. There you go. Group of five forever, Cincinnati was fucked. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.